Well, do you have any funny stories you can think of? You know, I have one, but I, I'm a little afraid to share it on air. <laughs> if this so, needs to be off the record, it can be. Yeah. Well, I'll share it to you and you can tell me what you think. Welcome to another episode of the OM Podcast with me, Andrew Suit, and brought to you by Ozark Mission Project. Thank you for listening today. This is another OM Pastor episode where my guests are wonderful people who are now pastors or in ministry thanks in some part to their time with OMP. Today my guest is Jules Anderson, and she is unique in this series of episodes because her time with OMP led to her being employed by OMP as a volunteer and programs coordinator. First, though, I'd like to share with you an excerpt of a Morning Watch devotion from another year when the theme was also labor of love like it was in 2021. First, hear these words from John 15, 13 through 15. Greater love has no one than this, Jesus said, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Now, here's the morning watch. Wow, Jesus calls you a friend. Hard to imagine, isn't it? Take a minute and think about what you look for in a friendship. Loyalty, encouragement, sacrifice, love. All of these words are words that describe Jesus. He wants to be your friend. He says so right there in verse 14. Isn't it amazing that he doesn't expect much in return? Friends are important. They encourage us. They love us. But sometimes they expect a lot in return. Know what Jesus wants? It's simple. He just wants us to love. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. This week we are called to do just that. To be laborers of love. Give your best work to that neighbor you are working for today. That's what Jesus meant when he talked about laying down our lives for others. He brought hope to the hopeless and served everyone without exception. Your challenge is to love others like Christ loved us. Look at people through the eyes of Jesus. See everyone as he would see them, as a friend. Give freely to your neighbor. Meet each day with a smile and a heart like Jesus. Christ didn't see people as different, strange, or diseased. He saw them as people in need of real love. Not the artificial kind of love you often see in movies or on TV. The kind of love that sacrifices, encourages, trusts, and believes. The kind of love that keeps on giving. Ever heard the saying, love isn't love until you give it away? That's what it's all about. And the truth is this, live to give. Love others and you will feel love. Serve others and you will be served. To sum it up, here are some wise words from a servant of Christ who really did give his life for his friends, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul-generated love. Love all people. After all, what are friends for? My guest today is Jules Anderson, and Jules is the new volunteer and programs coordinator for Ozark Mission Project. So let's just jump right in. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your family, 
And you can think of this, I keep joking with folks, it's an existential question. Who is Jules really? <laughs> well, um, I love that. You know, I am married to Kobe, who's my husband, and we have one pup. Um, her name's Darcy, and she's a giant um, Lab Dane mix. So she's 120 pounds and just kind of is a force of nature. Um, and then I have two amazing um, extended family. Um, they both live in Northwest Arkansas near us. And so, you know, we're just surrounded by um, a lot of family, and that's a really big blessing for us. Well, when did you first get involved with OMP? And before you answer that, I should say, this is kind of a series of episodes where we're talking with someone who's in ministry now, in some part because of OMP. Well, you get to work for OMP, so it's even more unique for you. But when did you first get involved with OMP? Yeah, so um, before starting with Ozark Mission Project, I was a youth director actually for four years at Sequoia United Methodist Church in Fayetteville. And um, that's where I first connected with OMP. So I, my story is a little different. I never went to OMP as a camper. Um, I never worked as a college staff, um, but I did get my first experience with OMP as an adult camper, which um, I think my year was the first year they started trying to call them adult campers instead of drivers with the intention of uh, making sure adults knew what they were getting into um, because OMP as an adult it is hands-on, and I think that I, if I can recall my first um, summer, my youth had had told me all about OMP for a year, and, um, you know, I really was shocked when they looked at me and said, you're building a wheelchair ramp, and I said, I don't know how to do that, and they said, that's okay, you'll figure it out, and we did it. You know, I think that's a, a normal experience for a lot of first-time adult campers or a lot of first-time volunteers. You don't think you can do something and then they just believe in you and you go out and you do it and you get to look back and be like, wow, okay, we can do this. Like, this is possible. And so, you know, I spent four, three or four summers um, as an adult camper and then we, my church hosted OMP. And so I also worked as uh, an assistant cook at OMP. Um, I've directed a camp. I've assisted at camps. I volunteered at camps. So I've kind of had a lot of different roles. Um, and I, I will say I have a lot of respect for camp cooks. Um, frying up hundreds of pieces of bacon is, is a challenge. And so, you know, there's just so many good roles in OMP and I'm grateful for the, the past that I've had um, serving with Ozark Mission Project because it gives me a very good perspective for this new job and this new part of my ministry. I love that as, as you're kind of talking about roles here. I have a question about that here in a minute. But in so many of these, these episodes, I've talked with people about, like, for example, Karnas Vaughn shares this with me. I think Amy Shores does as well. Uh, and, and as you mentioned... I don't know how to build anything. So <laughs> construction isn't the only way. They've, they've let me, um, you've, you've probably since learned how to do con construction, but um, they've let me direct a few camps and I don't know how to do anything really. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Anything can be taught and learned and, and that's why we have such incredible volunteers who really make what we do possible. Before we get to your current role, describe some of the things because you were already doing that that you've learned in your roles with OMP in the past? You know, I, I was thinking about this and, uh, you know, I don't, I've learned definitely practical skills. Um, I, I really can, I can plan out a wheelchair ramp now and I can build it start to finish with help, of course. But I think some of the biggest things that I've learned are just really perspective on life. 
you know, you meet a lot of people. I have met one to talk about volunteers, some of the most selfless and giving people um, probably in the world through OMP. And so that kind of spirit of generosity is one of the things that every single summer, every interaction I have with OMP, I walk away being challenged to be more generous and more giving with my time and myself. And then I think um, with that, the perspective of gratitude, it's easy to take for granted everything that we have in life and everything that, that God's blessed us with. And I think once again, like that's something our neighbors really ground us with is um, a perspective of gratitude. And, you know, most of our neighbors are just so grateful and overwhelmed that, that we're there helping them out. And it's something so simple. Sometimes it's as simple as having a conversation with them that um, alters their day, alters their week. And in turn, that alters our lives too. And so, you know, I, I have learned a lot of practical things, but every summer I walk away feeling a reminder to be generous and um, just grateful for life. And with that, to be generous with what I've been given as well. Now, tell me about your your new role. Um, how are you living into that? What what do you bring to the table for the volunteer and programs coordinator role at OMP? I really hit the ground running. And um, my first day on the job was the start of pre-camp week two this summer. And so jumped in and, and did a full camp in Rogers that week. And then um, kind of had two weeks to figure out a little bit of the office side and then went to week three of our camps. And summer is just the best. Um, you know, I think people don't realize how much happens throughout the year to make summer possible. And I don't think I totally realized that until this position. And so there's that depression that happens after summer because you're really sad. The ministry is over. But what I'm learning and, and what I'm leaning into is the excitement that comes for planning for the next year. Mm -hmm. um, and we're in a really special place this year. Of We survived the summer of 2021 safely. Um, we were able to serve neighbors. We were able to keep our campers and volunteers and everyone safe. And that that is like the biggest accomplishment I think we could have had this summer. And now we get to take that and know that 2022 is going to be even better. Um, no matter what happens, no matter what next summer looks like, we know that OMP has a place in next summer. And so we are excited to plan that and, um, you know, volunteer and programs is a lot of what I did in my previous position. And so I'm I'm hopeful to bring a lot of what I learned working in, in the church, um, where you are constantly recruiting volunteers and constantly needing people to step up to fill roles, as well as, you know, we plan a ton of programs in churches. And so kind of taking what I've learned from church work and from the blessings that church people can be um, and bringing that into OMP and how we recruit throughout the year and how we plan programs throughout the year. And just keeping the excitement of, you know, it's not over. It's see you later. It's see you next summer. And we have so much to look forward to. Yeah, I think it's interesting how that works out. First of all, congratulations, victory, getting through a strange summer. Thanks. Um, that's awesome. But you mentioned the maybe kind of post-camp blues and post-camp season blues or, or depression even. How I've always thought about, and, and I've felt this too as a former youth minister too, that uh, I, I, some of my deepest times of despair are after the big event because we are on those mountaintop experiences. But I'm always reminded by the idea that we're not meant to live on the mountaintop. Those, mm -hmm. those times that 
literally take your breath away. Like if we think of it as in the higher altitude, it's, it's difficult to breathe up there, <laughs> but it's, it's in the valley. It's in the um, day-to-day life that we, we live most of the time. So um, that's just something I've been thinking about lately. Isn't that true? And, and that's, I mean, we want to be in the growing and in the challenges because that's really, like you said, where God shapes us. And so, yeah, absolutely. We're taking everything from this summer and walking back down and then seeing how we can bring it back to that point. You, you mentioned um, conversations with neighbors too, and with campers and that sort of thing, which reminds me that people are just, they're about story. We're always talking with people about stories. So what's the funniest or most meaningful story you have from an OMP summer camp? So the most meaningful, um, probably OMP experience um, for me was actually my very first OMP. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with the neighbor, but it has to do with camp. And um, I was a youth director at that time. And so I brought my youth group and a couple of adult volunteers and we served and it was the last day of camp. and we got a phone call from someone in Fayetteville that two of our campers, like best friends had died in a car accident. Um, she was 16. And so it was a really big tragedy. Um, and their mom was actually on that trip. And um, several of our other youth knew this girl and it just like hit um, in a really hard place that night. And the last day of camp is already emotional because you've experienced the whole week of work and you are overwhelmed by what God did that week. And so I just remember that was right before sharing that we got the call and we like took time to like sit outside and pray. And the entire camp waited for us, gave us time to kind of process that as a group, as individuals. And then we came into sharing and um, they got to share about it, which is really special because, you know, that's a place where God moves so many hearts and, and says so many things to people. And then taking that sharing into worship, you know, there was a moment where those campers went up to the altar and um, we all just got to kind of surround them and pray. And I will like never forget that moment um, of watching like my students put their hands on another student and just pour into them. Like they didn't care that that worship should have been for them. They were just giving and pouring their hearts out to God to cover these other two with prayers and comfort. Um, and the whole camp just kind of embraced that mm-hmm. and surrounded them with love and prayers and grace and understanding. And I think worship lasted like forever. I think we went to bed so late and I should probably apologize to our directors for that, but that was just such a special thing. And to be in that place, um, with that family that loves OMP so much that they got to experience grief and be comforted in that time. And by that OMP family was, I think, really transformative for them too. And so that was one of the most meaningful moments for sure. And just, you know, I'll never forget that and never forget the love we felt. Oh, before you share uh, maybe a funny story or if you had one, it just made me think about how OMP is very much that kind of community that Loving God and loving neighbors is such a huge part of it because you shared that tragic experience. But then I think about Alan Bruner. I think more mm-hmm. recently about Alexis Vapel mm-hmm. and how incredible this community is and how mm-hmm. everyone's welcome into it, you know, um, from yeah. campers to new neighbors 
you're all invited to be part of this community. So sometimes I see OMP doing some things that I wish the church would do better. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, this summer we had um, our last week of camp, we had OMP 101 and day camp at Pulaski Heights this year. And there was a big funeral that week at Pulaski Heights. Um, mm-hmm. Something that was, you know, it was a tragic loss for that church and a lot of the campers and a lot of the families. And Kathleen and Michael did an incredible job of really navigating that situation. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being, you know, one of those opportunities. We don't talk about grief um, enough. And we had conversations with our OMP 101 campers about why we had to be quiet in the hallway, walking up the stairs and how like even just being quiet so that those going to this funeral could experience um, calm and peace during that time. You know, they were 10 and 11 and just having that conversation and, and showing them that, hey, in this moment, you can love your neighbor by simply being quiet. You know, I think that there were so many opportunities and OMP navigates supporting and loving others through grief really, really well. That's really good. That's really important. And to think in terms of how often we just have small talk, you know, Jules, how are you doing today? And we're expected to answer fine. And Mm -hmm. and instead of, you know what, I'm really exhausted or I had a tough week. And then we're kind of like, oh, okay. We don't know what to (laughs) do with that when people are really honest about that, but OMP makes space for that sort of thing and, and hopefully carves out a way to think about how do I do this in my normal life too, when I'm not on the mountaintop experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you have any funny stories you can think of? You know, I have one, but I, I'm a little afraid to share it on air. <laughs> if this so, needs to be off the record, it can be. Yeah. Well, I'll share it to you and you can tell me what you think. Um, also, my very first OMP experience. Um, wow. I just had a really big OMP first time. Um, we, this was when it was still through Saturday. And so, um, this was Friday night, a bunch of the youth had, uh, planned to sneak out of their beds after lights out and have a, what they called frat party. So I'm, I'm overhearing this because it's at least half the camp talking about it. And, you know, I'm a youth director and I'm thinking, well, they're going to do this regardless. Like this is probably past the point of shutting it down. So it comes to, you know, lights are out and I start hearing wrestling and people getting out of bed. And so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go see what's going on. And I find, you know, all the youth in the in the place where we had our meals and, and game time and things like that. And they're just chilling. They're playing spoons. They're playing Foursquare. They're playing like other games. And I just laughed because I was like, this is what they call a frat party. And so I just stayed there for a little bit, made sure everything was okay. And eventually a college staff came up and said, all right, it's time to go to bed. And uh, they all went back to bed. But yeah, so I, I guess I hosted a frat party my very first summer of OMP. I don't know if we really want to share that, though. <laughs> I think that's perfect. I think that'll work because you didn't use any names. So um, you protected the innocent or not so innocent, maybe in this case, but <laughs> especially when it turned out okay anyway. So Jules, this is just for fun. Um, if you could go back and tell your younger self something, um, what would you tell them? I mean, you're still young, but uh, if you could go back 10 years or so, what would you tell a young Jules? Definitely just not to stress the little stuff. Um, you know, working with high school students and then college students and I'll still be working with those age groups with OMP. 
it's really, really easy to get caught up on on the little stuff and the timing of everything in life. You know, you think if you don't go and graduate in four years of college, like your life's over, you're not going to succeed anywhere, anywhere else. And, you know, and then jobs and then just everything that, that kind of falls into place. And, and looking back on the life that I've lived, you know, I definitely worried about those things. I worried about, you know, where, what was going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And What's funny is God always shows up in unexpected times and in unexpected ways with just the perfect next thing. You you really can follow your life from, you know, whenever you knew God and see every step that you've taken that has been him. And so I think just trust that, trust in in God's plans and that you won't miss out if you're faithful to God, that that he's going to work everything out in his perfect time and in his perfect way. So just don't worry about it. <laughs> and I love that this is a common theme when I ask this question. It's one of these questions just to give people a peek behind the curtain. I call it an optional question, but I should ask it every time. Mm. Uh, it's no longer optional, I think. If, if we've got young listeners, I, I don't know what the demographic is exactly for who listens to podcasts. I think it's more typically people my age, and I don't know if you are into podcasts. But um, if we have young listeners to hear from people who are not teenagers anymore saying, you know, I would have just told myself, just relax. Don't mm -hmm. be so anxious. Trust God. To hear that, I think is so important. So thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. So some more just for fun questions. Um, name three people, if you can think of three that have been a big influence on your life and, and why you would choose those people. I think the first is my husband, Kobe. Um, you know, it's, it's someone that I've chosen to spend my entire life with. And I don't think there's any way that that person can't and won't have an influence on your life. And so, you know, I'm really grateful for the ways that we've shaped our marriage and how that's then shaped our individual lives as well. Um, I think we've really grown. We've been married almost four years. And so we've really grown. Um, we did get married young and um, have gotten to experience a lot of life change and, and momentous occasions together, which has been really special for us. Um, and in that, in the growing, you know, there have been challenges, but through it all, we've um, continued to lean on each other and find support um, through our faith and um, love, really, that we have um, from God and for each other. I also, my my parents, I mean, that's, I feel like an easy answer, but they are incredible. Um, they have loved and supported me my entire life. And, you know, they really did a lot to make sure that I had everything that I needed to succeed and they continue to push me and um, encourage me to be all that I can be. Um, they lived in California for seven years and that was hard because they were so far away. They've moved back within the pandemic and that's just been a really big blessing. And, um, you know, having them close is great because one, they, they can watch my dog, which is also awesome, <laughs> but, um, you know, they're just here and, um, seeing them more often has been a really big blessing. And what are and their then, names? Uh, Jim and Chris, Jim and Chris. I, I want to make sure you said their name so you can give them a shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out mom and dad, Jim and Chris. <laughs> and they watch your fur baby sometimes. So they have a fur grandbaby. Oh, they do. They have two for grandbabies. My sister also has one. So, okay. Yep. And then I also think um, Bailey Faulkner um, has had a big impact on my life. And I'm seeing 
even more of the impact that I see is coming. Um, working with her for the last couple of months has been really awesome. You know, she hearing all that she has done in the eight years that she's been with OMP is mind blowing to me because I've only seen the last three or four years. Um, but to see what she's done with this organization and um, the passion that she has, the love that she shares, how generous she is with her time and with her life. Um, you know, it's something I really admire and really hope to become more like her. Mm-hmm. And so she, she is definitely someone that's transformed my life too. It's fun finding people that you want to be when you grow up, at least it is for me. I'd love to be Bailey. She, she is awesome. I suppose she's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's great. She's become, you know, a colleague in a lot of ways, but also a good friend. And, and she, that's just the way she lives her life. So yes, I think we all strive to live that way. That's good. I think she could talk to anyone and become a friend with anyone. Very true. Everybody's a neighbor. Well, OMP's mission, as you know, is to transform lives through worship, fellowship, and hands-on mission. Can you give our listeners one practical challenge that they could even do, do today uh, to serve their neighbor? And in other words, you can't necessarily go and paint a house or build a wheelchair ramp today, but what's one practical thing we could do to serve our neighbors today? You know, I think this year, the biggest thing we've seen is that people are lacking connection. Um, and it's you know, we no longer live in a world really where we maybe even know our next door neighbors' names um, or say hello to them or go out of our way to do something for them. And so I think my my challenge would be to, one, if you don't know your neighbors, go introduce yourself, go um, have a conversation with them and connect with them. You don't know what they're going through and they may have no one um, in their life to support them or to connect with. Um, this past year, year and a half has been isolating for so many people. And so I think it's even more important than ever to simply offer a hand of connection. If you want to make them something or offer to get groceries for them, or, you know, just plant a tree for them, anything like that. But ultimately, I think it's um, knowing our physical neighbors and connecting with them, um, the people around us. One practical thing I heard in another episode, I think it was Lauren Delano, the pastor at Valonia United Methodist Church, and mm-hmm. she she mentioned, and, and I, I forgot to say this to her, in, in OMP terms, we talk about how to empower our neighbors, and one thing she mentioned is if you can find a practical way to ask your neighbor for help, mm-hmm. I was like, that's incredible, whether it's simply, gosh, I'm out of eggs or something like that, just a simple thing to ask your neighbor for help then it, it shows something a little bit deeper than maybe, you know, offering help to your neighbor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's that, that mutual connection would be pretty interesting. Absolutely. One of my neighbors asked if I could dump my grass clippings in her garden mm. um, because she didn't have a, a lawnmower bag to collect the clippings. And she was like, it's great fertilizer. You know, we'd really love it. And we were we felt guilty because we were like, oh, but we're like putting this waste on your land. And she was like, no, it's really helpful. Like that is serving me. And so Mm. you're right. Like that felt um, like an extension of trust. And um, it was something that we could do to help her. And we were grateful she asked for that. Yeah, that's a neat both and situation. You're serving one another mutually. That's that's great. I love that. It's wonderful. 
So here's a classic OMP sharing question. I think a lot of our listeners know because they're in the OMP family. Um, we have sharing at the end of the day, typically after worship. And one of the key questions that is often asked is, how have you seen God today? But um, Jules, how have you seen God lately? It doesn't have to be today. It could be um, this week or sometime recently. I think, um, you know, in my personal life, I've seen God um, move through this opportunity to to work for Ozark Mission Project. I, you know, was in a place where I was feeling God shape my calling a little bit more towards service ministry. And, um, you know, like I said about timing earlier, he is so perfect in his timing um, and everything fell into place really well. And then to be in this position now and um, to be behind the scenes planning for next summer, I am already seeing how God really puts every single puzzle piece into place, you know? Okay. So we've got our camp dates. Now, where are we going to be those dates? And the way that he really shapes and works each of the pieces that make summer happen. Um, his faithfulness has already been astounding to, to witness. And I think that I will continue to see um, him weekly, if not daily in this job as more and more of the pieces fall into place. Um, and so, you know, I just, I cover next summer with prayer and, you know, that's what I keep asking others to do too, um, that they would just pray for God to have his hand in in every part of next summer. And so I, I have seen him work through OMP in my personal life, um, but also see him at work in OMP as well. Well, finally, Jules, how or where can our listeners plug in with you or connect with you? Is there anything going on or any projects that you need to plug coming up? Ooh, um, I mean, if you're a, a youth, you know, if you're a student badger, your youth director to um, sign you up and register for OMP, which opens on September 15th. Um, if you're a college student, I'm going to be coming around to the Wesleys. And so um, definitely come when OMP is going to be there, hear about how you can connect with um, us through a couple different things, including being on staff next summer. And uh, personally, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, um, or you can call and email me. My phone and number and email are on the OMP website. Very good. Well, thanks, Jules. I appreciate you being on the OM podcast. Thanks, Andrew. It was so fun talking with you. Thanks for listening to the OM podcast today. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to let others know about it. For more information about OMP, including how to get involved, support this ministry, register for camp, and more, go to ozarkmissionproject.org. If you would like to be a guest or know someone who would make a great guest, contact me at andrew.suite at arumc.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.